When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What did she say before? That's what I wonder. Anyway, we haven't been doing intros, so let's just keep going with no intros. Um, how has it been covering all these games and figuring out the time schedules and all that? Tired, man. I cannot. I cannot wait to just get like just take like one week off because that's my thing. Like once after Sunday's final, I just just one week. I don't want anyone to contact me, no one to talk to me, no one to text me. I'm just gonna just sleep. Just sleep, 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 sleep. So just obviously for one week. Obviously, I'll, unless it's like a big story, I may post something. But just, I'll just say for one week, I'm out of here. You know, club, club football's low key popping off in the background. Like Jaden yeah, Sancho's gone to United. Sergio yeah, Ramos gone to PSG. Football just Chelsea, doesn't stop, man. Chelsea are trying stop. to buy Haaland. Like Messi still doesn't have a contract. Who knows what's happening on the club side? But um, all right, how did we get here? Is the operative question. So let me pull up the scores and stuff. And how did we get to this final that we have now? So Spain beat Switzerland. Oh damn, we're going back to that. Damn. Just just briefly. Just briefly. Spain beat Switzerland. Italy beat Belgium. Denmark beat Czech Republic. England whooped Ukraine. So that was the quarterfinal. Then we have the semis. What is your gauge on the Euro semis? How important are the Euro semifinals? Not every, I would say the, the major semis are World Cups, you know, your World, whether it's World Cup, Euros, AFCON, Asia Cup, or Cup America, semifinal, semis or a final, those are always big. You know what I've discovered over the past month or so that I didn't in 2016 or 2012 or 2008 or 2004? The Euros aren't really that big of a deal to me. Like, the more I watch them and people are like, oh, Jorginho should win the Ballon d'Or because he balled in the Euros, or Harry Kane is the best striker in the world because he scored in the semifinal of the Euros. I'm mm-hmm. like, how important are the Euros really? I, I, I get it's Europe and, you know, there's big teams in Europe. But this whole thing of it's coming home and all this stuff, like, shouldn't that be reserved for, like, the World Cup? It's coming home. What is, what is actually coming home? No, no, but but it's still a big trophy because it's like I'm not saying it's not big. I'm just saying like the the mystique around it. I don't, and perhaps that's just because Daniel's not European, so I don't get it. But no, 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 no but, but no, it's, not, no, it's not about you being European. Copa America is a is a major deal. The Afcon is a major deal. The major trophies are World Cup, Champions League, and your Continental Trophy. Those are the major trophies. So you see, with any of those World Cup, Champions League, or your Continental Trophy, 
that is those are the major trophies that exist in football. By what degree is the World Cup larger than the Euros? Like times two, times three, times four, times 0.5? Like if you had to weigh the World Cup trophy with the Euro trophy, I mean, what's, I mean, the, wait, what's the gap? It's it's hard to define. I mean, it's it's bigger, but it's hard to put it into a number. But of course, it's, it's bigger because you're now like, so the European teams now have to now face how South Americans play, how Africans play, and how the Asians play. So that is another level of difficulty you now have because you're playing. Because just look at the football now. Even just watching Copa America, the way that they play the sport is very, it's pretty different mm-hmm. from how it's in Europe. Because in Europe, it's much, much more about passing. Fouls are called differently. It's less physical. In South America, they're more dribblers. It's more skillful. It's faster. It's more physical. It's much more intense. So, yeah, like it is more important. It is much more important because you're now facing different, tougher opposition. But that's obvious because it's, you're now facing the best in the world, or it's mostly the best in Europe or the best in South America. Are the Euros comparable with like the Europa League if the Champions League was the World Cup? Or is that disrespectful no. to the Euros? Oh, no, it's disrespectful to the Euros because the teams in the Europa League are not as good as the, 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 the teams in, in Europe. Because look at the Euros, Europe rule the World Cup, and Europe have won the last what, two, three World Cups. So, yeah, so the best nations in the world are in Europe. As of right now, if you, if you go by yep. the last few World Cups, that isn't the same as the Europa League, <laughs> you know? So winning the, the European Champions, it is a big deal based on how well Europe has done at, in the, at, at World Cups, you know? Maybe so. I just don't like these teams. Watching these games go to extra time, it's like, guys, just can't win the game. Like, I have to watch another 30 minutes of this. <laughs> I don't know. Like, some some people really like it when it goes to extra time. Like, I think I'm over it. Maybe it's just like the... You know what? The same way you need a break, maybe I just need a break. Because yeah. it's been nonstop since football restarted in 2020 to where we finished all the seasons and Bayern Munich won the Champions League. It hasn't stopped. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just at my breaking point where it's just like... I don't give a damn who wins it on Sunday. It could be England. Actually, that's a lie. Like I kind of don't want England to win. <laughs> but rooting for Italy, I don't know if I can do that. So it's just like, I don't know whoever wins wins. But I guess I'm over it. Copa America excites me a little bit more. Messi, Neymar, Brazil, Argentina. You know, that has a little bit more spice to it mm. than than the Euros did, but uh, or do. I don't know. I've just been trying to wonder, like, what what do the Euros mean to me? And I can't put my finger on it. Like, the World Cup is obviously, like, the biggest. And then the Champions League has its own thing with club football. But the Euros is in, like, this weird space. So, semifinal number one. What did you see with Italy? A different way of winning. So, group stage, they won through just by... Group stage and... Yeah, group stage, they won via virtue of just their talent. Austria, okay, they had to... Is their talent, but they just had to dig in a little bit deeper. Um, Belgium, again, tough team. Again, just by how, how good they were. This showed me character. Because they, they they got out, out outplayed. And this was like Spain to the max. Keep possession. We won't allow you to have, have the ball. We're going to hog possession, control the, the game. Pedri was really good with Busquets. 
So for instance, it's also, it's also by hanging in there, hanging in there, Kiza showing that he understands it and understands what big time means. Um, but yeah, so it was about character, you know, it was, it, was, it was about character. Like it's funny, I was I was watching um, them have the debate on ESPN and FC about whether Morata should have taken the penalty. <laughs> it's like, if, because LeBoff said, no, no, no. Even if Morata wanted to take it, and I was like, take it. Like, no, if 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 he wants to take it, so let him freaking take it if he, he wants to, not only in protecting him. But, but, but specifically for Italy is character. Like, you have to win games in different ways. You're not always going to win games 90 minutes, beat, beat a team up on so forth. So this was where, okay, this is not much for our drama, hats, and keeping character, which was what the penalties were, were, were all about, you know, so. I don't, I wouldn't let Morata take a penalty in like the 100, like basically the, the penalty that Harry Kane took, I wouldn't let Morata take that one. Because that's consequential in a deeper way than perhaps the first penalty in a shootout. Basically, there aren't five Spanish players who you would rather take a penalty than your main striker. Even if he is a brick, you're going to give it to Jordi Alba or Pau Torres or one of these players. No, like Morata Mm -hmm. is one of the best five because that's his job. He's a striker. So he's top five, but that doesn't mean he's the first, if that makes sense. So I understand LeBeau's point. And, and when he was coming to place the ball, I knew he would miss. I think the whole world felt he would miss. But if you look at the list, who else do you pick? No, no. good. No, my thing is you have to, if, I mean, imagine he has, to, guys, he has to take one of them in a, in a shootout. It's like Mbappe. If it was up to me, 120th minute, friends get a penalty. Mbappe is nowhere near that penalty. It's Pogba. It's, I don't know who else it could have been. Giroud, maybe even. But in a shootout, you've got to take one of the five. Do I make you take the fifth one? No. I would have made Mbappe go first. (laughs) That way, who missed the first one? Locatelli. Locatelli, yeah. Locatelli missed the first penalty. You could miss the first one. There's still 10 more or nine more to go, depending. Um, but you know, there's ebbs and flows in the shootout to where who knows what's gonna happen. You can miss the first one. You just you can't miss the fifth one if everybody's made one already. So, you know, it's where where do you put the player who has the capability of breaking himself? For Marata, you're first. If you make it, great. If you don't, we have four of your brothers yeah. here to back you up, and Simon can perhaps make a make a save. If when once he misses, does that open the door for for Jorginho? Immediately, yeah, it was. It was Morata than Jorginho. That's maybe too much pressure for somebody who you know can't deal with it necessarily. To be, I thought he was gonna miss the one v one that he had, where him and yeah, one, yeah. Omo kind of. He's Danny Omo. He he's escaped because <laughs> he he actually missed. Yeah, he's guy. He's guy. Morata's. It was bad, but it was on target at least. They had a chance to go in. But if you missed the whole frame of the goal, you bricked it. But it, that's just the – I put the tweet out. It's just the irony of football, isn't it, to where the two players that linked up to get the equalizer for Spain bricked their penalties in the shootout. It's just how football works. It's, it's, it's a silly sport. But he has to take one of them. Just don't make him take that one. Just put him first. But I'll put it this way. My personality, don't give me the last penalty. 
because I'll shit it because I'll think too much. But if you give me the first one where I know there's more to come, I might just make it just because there's less pressure. And I feel like Murata could probably do with a bit of that. And it's confirmation bias as well. Like he missed. Ah, of course he was gonna miss because we knew he would miss. Oh no! Oh, 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 no! I didn't. No, I didn't think he'd miss because I was like, oh, you didn't. No, I was like, come on, it's too obvious, man. Because like it's almost like okay, this is too this much. This is why you're a jinx. This is why you're a jinx. You know, because <laughs> you're like, no, 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 it's too obvious that this has to happen. That has to happen, and then yeah. you ride, you ride with it, and then the universe is like, ah, let me show you. <laughs> let me show. And then I don't know, man. But he didn't miss. Like we got to give credit to Donnarumma. Like Donnarumma gets the right way. We don't give the goalkeeper enough credit in these things. Like I mean, well, I, 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 I suppose we'll get to it. But what yeah, Martinez did, Emiliano's Emiliano. Now that is a whole different level of what that that guy did. But yeah, he you know. did mind games with Sanchez. Mina. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. And then and he gets walked, the right way, walked, but he walked. he saved the like they didn't miss more than he saved. Like he yeah. <laughs> he was in their head. He made them go that way. Did you see Messi? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's he was. It's the most like emotion I've ever seen from from, from, from the dude. When man. he was screaming at Mina, he was telling dance now. <laughs> he was telling her to dance. I was like, I feel slightly uncomfortable, <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I get it. They were teammates, so maybe you know they have a relationship that way. But I don't know. Um, what was I gonna say? I'll ask you the question, but just no, I don't I don't care. The Jorginho for Ballon d'Or should Italy win the competition. He he got the he made the winning penalty in the semifinal. He won the Champions League with Chelsea. If he wins the Euros, then who else could you give it to? Your opinion on that? It's fun and I will drive it through based off my Chelsea allegiances, but if we're being real. Um, he's not performed well enough to be in the conversation. So all because, like, then why wasn't Abeloa given? Like, Abeloa has every single, I think he has like two years on the World Cup. So all because you win a trophy doesn't mean you deserve it. Okay, you may have won it, but how much did you contribute? How important were you to those wins? I, so Modric was, was critical to that win in 2018, and he was critical to getting Croatia to, to the final. So Junior has been good. He's been like he's been. He was definitely important. He wasn't critical, and you have to be exceptional as an individual. Because again, people have to say that this is an award for how exceptional you've been as an individual. Not like oh, I was on the winning team of the Champions League and the Euros. No, so I blame Switzerland. <laughs> oh yeah, because all Conte needed to do was make it to the final. That's all you had to do. Because France beat Spain. Perhaps Italy's a bit more complicated, but maybe you win the final, then pick Mbappe, pick Benzema, pick Conte. Hell, even Pogba. Pogba was the player of the tournament. He won't get the award for it, but he was the best player. So, oh, no, no, now, yeah, yeah, that's all that the, the France thing is. But that's what this Balondo thing is open because. Of once France went out, I was like, "Oh, damn! This is now." Yeah, now all, that, all you, the narratives you, dried you up. Roll with Lewandowski, or your role with Messi, or your role with Mount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, does would Mount get the same? K- 
campaign that Jorginho would get? Because they did the same thing. I could make an argument Mount was more important for Chelsea than Jorginho. Look, I said, no, look, I mean, yeah, look, if Mount, let's say, comes with like a key, you see, my thing is the, the, the Mount and Jorginho thing isn't strong enough because they've not been key or critical enough at the Euros. Like, let's take the Spain game even. Let's keep it real. Pedri and Busquets took Jorginho, Barella, and Verratti to school. He wasn't having a great game. He just made the winning penalty. But that's because, the narrative. Because Pedri and Busquets took them to school for 120 minutes. So. If, if Messi wins, Messi gets it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Messi wins, Messi gets it. If Brazil win Lewandowski and Italy Brazil. win, then that's like Lewandowski, you think? Yeah. They owe him one from last it's, year. It's, so No, my thing is that they, they owe him one. You broke like a crazy 50-year record. And managing to score three goals with those fruit sellers and, and clowns as your teammates, that's a dud. So, yeah. Let me let me Google one thing. Most popular fruit in Poland. This is like the ninth time you've called them fruit sellers. Mm. The most popular fruit in Poland are apples, strawberries, cherries, and sour cherries, plums, pears, raspberries, blueberries, currants, and chokeberries. What was a chokeberry? I wonder. So Dan, they have a lot of popular fruit. In Poland, so you know, is that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? So those ten different fruits plus Lewandowski. <laughs> there you go. You get to pick which one Chesney is. A current. Um. England against. I just watched the game. Denmark. <sighs> How do I say this without sounding insensitive? Because I tweeted it out and people were like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I didn't think it was too controversial. Denmark's most important player, outfield player, had a heart attack in the first game. He's He's the one that you would trust to find a killer pass. He takes set pieces. He would help control the midfield. Just one Serie A with Inter Milan. Like not having Christian Eriksen in this game in particular was an issue because Denmark, outside of the set piece free kick, which was amazing, did Pickford have anything to do? Braithwaite mm-hmm. couldn't find himself in the game when they put Polson and Braithwaite together. They couldn't link up at all. I guess you could give England a little bit of credit. Um, but they had enough midfielders in there. But when you just looked at Denmark's team, you were like, you guys need a playmaker. And then you think, well, they have one, but unfortunate circumstances happened, you know, in that first game. So, you know, you play for Chris, like that whole Disney story that you mentioned, you know, you play for Christian Eriksen and, you know, maybe we can win for him, but, Perhaps people miss the fact that they actually, to be, I think they're a top 10 team in the world in terms of the FIFA rankings for whatever that's worth. To be that team, you probably need your best player. 
outfield that is because Schmeichel <laughs> Schmeichel was incredible. You know, but but you're, you're you're missing a a bigger point. Well, I'm not gonna take all the meat off the bone. Go ahead, bro. No, 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 no. The the the, the bigger point is um, why did he take off Damsgard and Dolbert? <laughs> like that's basically that's where the game was lost when he made that change. But the it, game was slipping before the triple substitution. No, it wasn't. It, it was. was. No, it wasn't. no, no, no. It was slipping. It was slipping, the, and I felt the, it. The game was look. The how football works is the 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 their momentum shifts. So mm-hmm. you'll have fifteen. I'll have fifteen. I may have ten. You'll have ten until so it goes back. So if he kept the whole thing, yeah, you will probably have that ten minutes increments where you will suffer. Now, if you now have you now going to extra time, based on the quality you have, you may now have another ten that's good. Once you made that change, England will now literally have the momentum from now until the final whistle because you have no quality in attack to now make something happen when you now have a, 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 a momentous shift to your um that, that goes in your direction. Because Paulson, Goatweights, they ain't doing anything. Dolberg has three goals in knockouts. Damsgaard just scored a rocket and is probably your best attacking player. Mm-hmm. And also the point is that you made those subs for some strange reason and they ended up with 10 men in second half extra time because he'd already used up all, all of his subs. So the manager breaks it, man. You know, he, 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 breaks, it. he breaks it. I thought he did well because I thought he made the changes when he when at least when I felt the momentum changing and you can always say momentum goes one way or the other but um and, when when and, when, and, and how when I felt that England were end. kind of raising their level and playing better he made and a change and that game. stemmed the tie for at least a while and um, the sub affected the, the game positively that he brought on they affected it to where Denmark weren't losing <laughs> if that makes sense like it, it wasn't necessarily a change to to win the game. It was just to not lose the game. And they were, I mean, maybe we'll get to it. Probably will. But like, you know, if Sterling doesn't fall down in the box, maybe they can hold out for the last eight, seven minutes. But obviously, you know, when they go down to 10 men, maybe that's a little bit more difficult. But um, I thought his change wasn't to win the game. I thought his change was to hold on to it. Like, look, we have 1-1. One, one. If we can get to penalties, that's great. But England, the firepower that they have on the bench, when you can bring Grealish, Rashford, uh, Sancho, like those are players who most people would want to start, you know? Um, I, who does Denmark have on their bench? Poulsen? Like, okay, but... Mm. So I, I hear your point that if you have Dolberg and if you have Delgard on the pitch, just keep them on there. Maybe add two of them, but don't take them off. But look, this is this this is another point. Now, I, all four semifinal teams had three games at home in the group stage. So Italy played all their games in Rome. Spain played all their games in Sevilla, Seville. Uh, Denmark played all their games in Copenhagen, and England played all of their games at Wembley in London. How do you feel about that? In terms of what? Competitive advantage. 
Um, it is what it is because what's it called? Because Red Devil explained it to him to me that um, due to COVID, the whole idea got fucked up because of countries were not able to allow guys in due to, to their COVID cases. So it was a bidding process. So guys were like, all right, we're now going to bid to try and get as many games on home soil as we can possibly. So obviously, countries who had handled COVID well, like Hungary, again, another one, could obviously bid and say, oh, we can host it very well, if not the guys can. So we want as many games as possible on our home soil as possible. So it is what it is, you know? <laughs> How do you feel that England having six or seven games at their national stadium in a competition that's meant to be across Europe. Do you think that's okay? Do you think that's like uh, slightly no. fraudulent? But it's because like you're ignoring, but you're ignoring you, the point that I made. No, I no, I heard your no, point, no, no, but no, I'm no. wondering that's that's bureaucratic and political. I'm talking about the sporting advantage that the players on the pitch have compared with their adversary. So Denmark had to travel from Azerbaijan and all these different places, I think. Whereas England, most of the time, have just got to stay at the at, at their crib or facility, wherever they're staying. Mm -hmm. Which then people would wonder, man, Denmark looked really tired when they got into the, the latter stages of extra time. I'm like, well, if you probably add up all the air miles that they had to do in the quarterfinal, semi, or round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinal, and you give that to England, who had just had to make one trip, maybe it makes sense that the team that, okay, we had three games at our crib, round of 16, at the crib, <laughs> quarterfinal, we go to Rome, have some fun, eat some pasta, come back, semifinal, at the crib, final at the crib. Maybe it makes sense why they're fresher in the 118th minute. So for me, I look at it like, I, I get it. I get the bureaucratic COVID. If the tournament had to happen, it had to happen in a particular way. However, they couldn't. They couldn't give like at least try to have the appearance of egalitarianism, because for me it it makes it feel fake. If Make, it, makes what feel fake the competition. If every if England gets six oh, or really? seven games in London, then just let everybody play the games in England. That way, Denmark don't have to travel. If they have to travel, they get to travel from Manchester to Newcastle oh, to Liverpool. The the very at the end of the day, COVID screwed everything up. So they were like, we still want to do this Europe thing, but COVID has just messed everything up. So we just have to just do the best as we, we can, but still keeping the spirit of what we, we wanted. So the thing is, okay, let's try and do it in as many European places as possible, but we but need to fill up these matches. And the best we can do it is Obviously, you want to make a bit, a bit of cash, which you have always wanted to do. Hey, bid. And then they were like, yeah, we're going to bid because we know how important this is for this country. And we're going to make sure that we outbid everyone and give our country the best chance of succeeding, which is ensure as many games as possible are at Wembley. It is what it is. But my thing about it is that whether you're at home or so forth or whether you're, you're traveling, it's still a game. It's still ah. a game. You know? Now, look, man, that whole travel, nah, that whole travel thing, man. It's nah, nah. If you're good enough, you can beat the, the team. If you have like a bunch of big presentations that you have to do, right? Like for your job or something, and you have like, let's say you have five big presentations to do, and one of them is in 
Paris, one of them is in Amsterdam, one of them is in Copenhagen, one of them is in Athens, one of them is in London. And then you, you, <laughs> you're competing with somebody else for the same job. And all of their presentations are in London. You don't have, they don't have to do any of the traveling. They get to sleep in their bed. Meanwhile, you're going from Greece to Denmark to France, back to England. Like, you don't think that person would have a competitive advantage on you? I no. do. In, in, in football terms, no. I'm sleeping in hotels, like... I'm... In football terms, no, because whether you're traveling here, this, and so forth and everything, you now have what? A few hours before the, the, the game goes, you get into your mode, and it gets into, into match mode. And if you're good enough, yeah, it may be a slight disadvantage, but if you're good enough, once that referee blows that whistle, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to, to go. So, so what why why do you love the away goal so much? Because it's cool. <laughs> because it's it keeps people on on your on on their toes. Like because it's like ah, like now now this goal now um, means twice. It now it means two. So it brings an interesting element into the game. You know, but but and, so but technically you don't agree with it. You don't think that the away team has a tougher time scoring a goal. Not necessarily, no. no. So so really and truly, you're fine with UEFA getting rid of the away goal. Because the, the, their, their logical basis for it, according to your logic, is... You're, you're making the game... No, what made the Champions League cool was it's a, it's a great idea. It's like, it's like a great um, novelty. It's like, oh, wow. So if I'm playing away, my goal now scores, now counts as two. But the premise of that is that it's harder to score away than it is at home because there's an understanding that the well, one no, that no. plays at home has an advantage. For some, for some people, it is ask the Real Madrid three three piece team. They'd actually rather play away than at home. So it depends what team you are. For most quality teams, mates, we don't really care where, where, where we play. For some teams, yeah, away may, may, may be harder. But see, my, my idea is that if you're good enough, I don't care where we, where we play because we're good enough. Home, okay. away, up, down, Timbuktu, Mount Kilimanjaro. We don't care. We'll beat you. <laughs> so, do you think it's what's what's the saying? Once, once is a coincidence. Twice is a. Come on, give it to me. What? How does it go? Oh no! Oh no! Um, once is an anomaly. Twice okay. is a coincidence. Three times is a, is a pattern. What's four? I have no idea. So there's the okay. So we got four teams in the semifinals who played all their games at home. And then England win in the semifinal and play the final. I don't think that's coincidental. I actually don't. I actually think there is a marked advantage of having your games at the crib where you know you know what the stadium looks like, you know how to get there, you're, there's no stress. Everything is just everything. If you're I, if you're good, but you have to also keep in mind, keep in mind that England are actually in the easier side of the draw. So trust me, if England played France or Portugal, do you think France are like, oh my gosh, man, what we're playing England as Wembley, man, what's up? They'd be like, bring it on. <laughs> Germany, if Germany played England in Munich, they'd win. Or Berlin, they'd win. Not necessarily, no. Hungary almost beat, Hungary were eight minutes away from beating Germany in Munich. England would probably beat Germany. This Germany team, yeah, they'd probably, be, they'd probably beat them in Munich. 
It was kind of close, bro. <laughs> it's kind of, oh, put it this way. If Thomas Muller had that chance in the Munich Stadium where I, I, I rest my head here, I, I bet you he makes it. Wembley, who knows if he oh, has the sights or something. That's just my suspicion. No, no. There are certain goals that people score that I'm like, I don't think you could do that on an away ground. So, for instance, when uh, when when Oscar scored that goal, you know where he turned Pirlo when Chelsea were playing Juventus, I think 2012, in the Champions League, where Chelsea got knocked out of the group stage. There's no way he does that at the Turin Stadium. There's no way. But at Stanford Bridge, he knows where to be. Anyway, where well, I'm lost in the weeds. My point is, England. I'm looking at you sideways. Because you guys have an advantage. The same way I would say Brazil have an advantage. Like, look, your argument, not, not to use your words against you, but your argument is Argentina cannot beat Brazil in Brazil. Why? Because it's Argentina. If Brazil were playing any other team, especially this Brazil team, oh, anything can go then. I think this thing that, oh, Brazil would be better. I said they can't beat Argentina and Brazil because Brazil know that we cannot allow our sworn rivals to beat us on our home soil. So that's the difference. If it was any other team, I'd be like, they might have a chance against this Brazil team. But because it's Argentina, Brazil like, no, no, we're going to make doubly sure that we don't lose to these guys on our home soil. So I think it's interesting you think home field advantage or whatever is kind of like, eh, not really. But, it's, it's, it depends on who you're, you're playing. If you're a home team playing against a weaker team, it's a huge advantage. If you're a home team spring against a stronger weight team, it's not that much of an advantage. Say that, say that again. So if you're the home team mm-hmm. and you're playing against an inferior away team, yep. that home advantage is real. If you're playing against a superior away team, it's, it's not that much of an advantage. And also, if you're on a superior away team, you actually like it. You actually, basically, which is what's made Real Madrid so dangerous because Real were like, we actually revel in the fact that we don't, that it's people are whistling whenever we have to have the ball. It's a fortress and everything. Because, like, like psychologically, like, yeah, because you trust your skill level so much, you know that there's no pressure around you from your home fans. So you actually, actually, you know, um, amplify your performance in that whole kind of away um, game kind of um, scenario. So again, it's dependent on 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 the team and the situation. So, what do you think is going to happen in the in the final? Oh no, did, did we talk about the England game enough? No, not really. Okay, was it a penalty? From what I saw, yes. But here's the thing: is what can I explain to, to people? Let's say yeah. he died. And <laughs> I mean, he did. <laughs> okay, so no, no, from what? Okay, okay. Let's just say he died because for me, from what I saw, it was it was there was contact. Let's just say there was no contact. It was there was contact and he dived. Oh, if there was contact, then game set. So see, my thing is okay. Let's say there, there was contact, contact on the okay, game. Let's say there was contact. Let's say there was contact and then he he dived. The issue, oh, your issues, is not with Sterling. The issues is with the ref and VR. So, like, I get the Danish people are really pissed off and they're angry. And I, and I get that. And I, and I, I, I recognize that. But my thing is, Ooh. you have to um, realize that diving is part of the, the, the game. 
if I was in Sterling's shoes, I'm, of course I'm diving. The moment I feel any contact, I'm going down. And now it's up to it's up to the referee to make a decision. You know, Braithwaite did something. It wasn't even in the box. It was like in the in the it was in the middle of the pitch. And I was like, bro, if you just fall over, you get a foul. But instead it led to like an England attack. You know, so I hear that point where I was just I was thinking like, you know, you have to be strategic. If you can fall over and win your team something, then fall over and win your team something. But you shouldn't be able to get away with it if there's the linesman, the actual referee, and then the eye in the sky that is VAR, right? It goes to, and we've had this debate all the time, the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law, right? A footballer is going to do everything within their power to help their team win the game. At least they should if you're a good footballer or if you're a good teammate. You'll do what you have to do. If that means taking a red card or Whatever it is. For instance, Delic thought he was taking one for the team, probably. You weren't, but that was what's going through his mind. I just I can't let this, I can't let Schick shoot. Otherwise, he'll score and we'll lose. So handball, red card. Bye. Sterling is gonna do what he has to do. We've <laughs> Liverpool, Manchester City for England. We know what he's about. Does the letter of the law, I can agree that if the referee sees contact and a player falls over. And you review it, and you're checking, was there contact? Was it a pure dive? And you see that, you know, they touch hips, basically. Well, there was contact. I don't think that's enough to overturn the call. Spirit of the law, however. Is that how you want a game to be decided? A Euro, whatever that means to you. Euro semifinal, you know, in extra time. You kind of realize that if a, if whoever scores next is going to win the game, probably. If Denmark scored, maybe England would have enough to come back. You know, they put on Rashford, they put on Sancho if they had the substitutions. But um, if England score, for sure, Denmark can't. So is that how you want the game to go based on the spirit? Of, like, was that enough to end Denmark's seat or competition? For me, when I look at it, I think the referee can't. The VAR official, they can't overturn it because there was contact. But the actual referee in the moment, I don't know if I can give that, especially because the, the penalty that Kane had before or the penalty claim was a stronger one than that, and they didn't give it on the other side of the pitch in the other box. So for me, yes, it's a penalty if we're getting our you know lawyer, judge hat on, judge, jury, whatever it is. Yeah, it was a penalty, you know, cool. You can hold both things, and it's just, would you rather the game end like that or not? For me, no. Does that make sense? Um, like, my thing is, I get it, you know, it's it's an unfortunate way to um, end a game on, but my thing is, it's, it's very simple, is use VR. And I think if the referee viewed that on VAR, he may not give it. But so my question is, why didn't he go to VAR? Or why wasn't he advised to go to VAR? That's the you real see, question. That's a great point. The VAR official in the booth can't overturn mm. it. Because he looks at it and he sees the contact and he tells his partner, nope, there was contact what you saw is what you saw, or it's close enough to what you thought but you saw. It's, 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 it's like, if it's he not, goes it's, to the monitor himself, if if he goes to the monitor himself, then he gets to contradict himself. 
which is more likely than someone contradicting him. So he's hearing it through a second party that he was indeed correct. So then I give the penalty. If he runs over to the monitor and looks and thinks, do I think that's enough for a penalty? Because ultimately that referee is the one who's in charge. Perhaps he goes back on himself and he thinks, ah, not really. But it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Because I think once there is contact and the call is made, I don't know how you overturn it because there was contact. Whether it was enough or whether it wasn't, that's all kind of subjective. But if the objective rule is contact in the box leading to a foul of some kind is a penalty, then they have to give the penalty. So really, it's in that moment you have to not whistle and let VAR after the fact help you. You know? So mm. you see you, you see Sterling go down. You don't blow your whistle. It goes out for a corner, what have you. And then VAR helped me. Was that enough to be a penalty? And in that instance, I don't think the VAR would give it because they would see, yeah, there, there might have been contact, but he was trying to buy one because it was more him trying to buy one than it actually was one. So, you know, but no, you make a good point. Like the referee should be going to the monitor themselves, but who's going to win? England, man. Doubt it, man. Lizzie. Queen Lizzie will rise. Winston Winston and Lizzie, man. Winston will rise once more onto the bridges, man. Once more. This is a spicier question. And I want you to be honest with me. Hmm. Who do you want to win? It's, it's like, to be honest, like, you don't mind. Really like, hmm? You don't mind. Yeah. Like for me, like yeah, it's like for me, I'm like, if Italy win because of the amount of Italians that I, that, that that I know, I'll be happy for them. If England win, some of my English friends and being in England, experiencing that would be pretty crazy. You have, a you know, but then it's like, <laughs> then the other side is that England winning. Racism will go up to hundred percent. Italy winning, I'm like, oh, it might go up three hundred percent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so my thing is that you know these are both countries that both have their own racist histories and so forth. So I'm like, so but really, at the end of the day, it's like it's, it's really it's really made the best team win. But obviously, being in England, it's mixed emotions because on one hand you have the EDL and the BNP. He will say, aha, this is this is um, justice for Brexit and all that crap. And then, on the other hand, it's like, man, the kind of party that I'll experience in Trafalgar Square and, Pic- and Piccadilly and everything will be freaking insane. You're going to go <laughs> out and celebrate if people are in the streets? Oh, you going to go out and yeah, yeah, like, 100%. Like, after thing, I'm going straight down to central London just, just to, see, just to see, see what the heck people will be doing. So, yeah, for sure. I'd rather Italy win, but if they lose, I don't think I'll care too much. Mm. Oh, by the way, how do you feel about Sweet Caroline? The the song, I mean, yeah, the song. It's just a song. It doesn't annoy you. We have a song going, going, yeah. Da, 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 da. Ah, ah, ah. Good times never felt so good. And who, who, who sings it? Neil Diamond. It's like, why do y'all play this everywhere? It's well, well, no, that, no matter that, where that, you that, go. Songs, man. It's like, there's just some songs that 
people just get attached to them. I've never heard that played at any event that's predominantly black ever in my life. But they love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> they love it. Um, all right, Copa, who you got? Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. I wanted slightly, I wanted Colombia versus Brazil. Oh, yeah, that would have been a great scratch match, man. But no, 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 but I think the streets want to Brazil. Oh, yeah, of that. course, of course. Like, that's why I said slightly. Only because for, for the diasporic purposes, you know. <laughs> Africans against Africans, you know, somebody so somebody loses, but somebody wins, you know, that's fine. Argentina, we've we talked about this before. You can go look what they did with their Africans, but um yeah, this is, this is of course the streets want Messi against Neymar. So so you're going with Brazil. Um oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean Argentina's best chance was in 2016. I'll be real with you. I yeah. want Argentina to win. Unlike the England game against Italy, who wins? I'd prefer Italy, but if they don't win, I won't be devastated. I won't feel away. If Argentina lose, I think I'll be sad for Messi because he's too good to have a stain on him that big. Hmm. Yeah, but no, but, but for me, I just, I just, I just still believe Brazil are gonna, are gonna take it, man. Personally, yeah. If you ask me, like the footballing reasons, like who will win based on who's played better and all that kind of stuff, like yeah, maybe you'd shade it to towards Brazil, but I think this is probably his last. This is his last good chance to win something for Argentina because I can't see them winning a World Cup next year. So. No. And does he have what it takes to get back to Copa America in three years? Maybe, but maybe not. They'll probably put him out there anyway, just because. But um, yeah, this is it. And you can't not win anything for Argentina. I know, like, the Messi fans will be like, oh, he was playing with Briggs. He didn't have anybody on his team. Oh, yeah, if, yeah, you, yeah. If, if you look at those teams, they were good enough to win something. You, if, I mean, if, the, if, the, if, the fact that you can make three finals in a row means that your means you're good win. enough to win. Well, and if uh, Alexis Sanchez and Arturo Vidal are walking around with your medals, you were good enough to win it. You just didn't. No, no, so, listen, I said their chance was 26 6 16. Because 2015, fair enough, Chile, home advantage, so forth. But it's still Chile. You faced Chile. Whoa, again. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you didn't believe in that. That is an argument you, you can make. That's an argument that you can make. England have had this tournament at home. That's all I'm no, saying. No, no, no. I think if you it's want to... One make, field trip. I, don't have to listen. I don't have to listen to that argument. I don't have to accept that like, argument. Because if you're good enough, you can make it. But if you want to make that... I'm, I'm like, I'm basically giving you a bone. Fine. I, I don't accept it. But it's fine. Take it. 26-16, you cannot... They cannot grasp any excuses whatsoever. Because still, even if you face Chile... There's home and so forth. You're still Argentina, who just came off being the World Cup finalists a year prior. So you shouldn't be able to be good enough to even beat them in their at, at their home, knowing that they've never won a major trophy ever in their history. So it was a double L in in fifteen and in sixteen. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It's funny because people call you Double L. I know, I know, I know. There, there's, there's a guy's username that that's LL Lad. So you know. Oh, that's not nice. I know. All I right. Know. We will see you guys. I think at the regularly scheduled Monday evening. Well, Tuesday. I think we're back on Tuesdays now. So. Ooh, um, you know, this has been some. Whoa, that was a bit of feedback. I was gonna call it guerrilla recording, but. I don't like how that sounds. So, you know, we've just been recording when, when we can record. So, but we're we're gonna be back on schedule starting starting next week. So um yeah, we'll know who wins the Copa America, we'll know who wins the Euros, we'll have a conversation about those two finals. I don't think there's gonna be any third place games. Do you know? Oh, there's like, there's a third place Copa America game, not a third place Euro game. Ah, so Spain and Denmark, they have nothing to do. It's a benefit, mm. though. Like, who cares really about third place? Like, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a If point. second place is the first loser, then third place is just the second loser? But the, the, my, my thing about third place games, like, do you remember when Belgium beat England in the third mm. place game? They went back to Belgium pretty happy. Yeah. As if as if they'd done something. But it's it's pointless, though. <laughs> like Eden Hazard was out there. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Do you represent Eden Hazard's third place at the World Cup? Uh, not really. Okay, so I can trash this. Like when he was on the bus, like and with all the people, I was just like, what are y'all doing on the bus? Like, y'all want it's like they had a parade for third place. Bronze medalists out here just happy. <laughs> <laughs> Talking Texas Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Have hope. Where can people get you on the internet? Uh, you can get me around. Um, Halfofootballhot.com. Link is in the description. Um, Talking Texas Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.